Hey family, welcome to the Grabbing My Sword podcast. Here we are honest about our mistakes, we are open about our journey, and we are looking to be transformed through the word of God. I pray that this podcast will bless your soul, and I pray that you will enjoy it. God bless you. What's up family? Welcome to another episode of Grabbing My Sword I am your host, Tavon, and I was about to say it again. I was about to say I'm excited, but um, I need I need to come up with a catchy phrase or name for y'all. I don't know, since it, since the podcast is grabbing my sword, I'm starting to think I should call y'all God Soldiers, so I'm about to start coming on, like, what's up, God Soldiers? Welcome to Grab My Sword, but that's a catchy name that I got with y'all, but we're here and doing another episode, and we're switching it up a bit. We start off talking about um, a lot of mental health and dealing with mental illnesses and s- stuff like that. We touched on a couple different things, uh, but I want to talk relationships. Um, we're going to be here for a couple weeks talking relationships, so y'all get ready. But I have another guest on the show, a dear sister of mine. So, um, I'm going to let you move out the way. I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Florida. <laughs> Praise the Lord. My name is Tanea Henderson, born and raised in Akron, a worshiper that loves the Lord and likes to talk. Amen. So uh, before we jump into stuff, Tanea, just uh, let's tell us a little more about yourself, if you don't mind. Okay, well, I can start with my journey with God. I was 14, I was like in the eighth grade where I just had this utter desire, like I'm like, I need to get connected to God. And whenever I tell my story, I always tell people like my my calling and I just tell like people like my desire for God got birth out of a season of depression mm-hmm. because when I was depressed, that's when I really was having a desire to be in the house of God. And after I got like delivered from that spirit of depression, that's when I realized like, okay, like I'm called and I'm set apart. Like I didn't go through this depression for no reason. Right. And I used to I'm think I was, bring the mic up a little bit. I used to think I was weird at first for just wanted to be into church or just wanted to be into God. And then I had olders, like older older saints and mature saints, you know, pour into me mm-hmm. and I would be younger and at the altar call they would be like, Oh, you know, God is gonna use you and you're special and I used to just blow it all because I'm like, they just saying that like that's their job. <laughs> and as I got older I realized like, whoa, like the saints, they wasn't lying. Like they was they was for real. Mm-hmm. So it's always been a journey and even now I'm still learning and God is still revealing things unto me. So yes. So you say you you had a desire for God at 14. Was you going to church before the age of 14 or that's when you like started going to church? So my father passed away when I was 10 yeah. and my my aunt used to go to see the jewel and she was like, you know, she talked to my mom. She's like, yes, this church, you know, the, at the time Bishop was pastor. She was like, you know, it was 2015. She was like, you should come to this church. And my mom was like, you know, okay, like we'll try it out. So we went, you know, it was good. We was, it was like, we was on and off. Like we would go and then we wouldn't come back. Right. But I just remember in that season of depression, I'm like, I know that the, like that this church is good ground and like I want to be there like the stuff I was experiencing before I went through the season of depression mm. like if I'm in that season now like I know where to go when I need help at so I wasn't no I wasn't born and raised in a church I just started to go to church and it was inconsistent but when I realized like I have like this calling and people poured into me. It was like, okay, I need to go to good soil. I need to go on good ground where this this gift and this anointing and who God has me can be birthed out. Yeah, I would definitely say that. City of Joy is a place of uh, good soil. You know, I've been going there since 2017. And I always tell people that's one of the reasons why I did not go back up to Cleveland. Because mm-hmm. like for one, I don't know what church I was going to go to. I don't think it was going to be my back to my home church. I grew out of that. Um, was gonna be no, no other church, and so Akron. I mean, City of Joy is like one of the reasons why um, I stayed in Akron. But <clears throat> we ain't gonna touch along on that. Um, so I uh, I asked you to be on this podcast, and you you kind of um, how do I say uh, 
changed the trajectory of what I was hoping the topic was going to be about. Uh, but nevertheless, like I'm, I'm down to talk about absolutely anything. So you wanted to talk about, um, <coughs> excuse me, stuckness and singleness. So first and foremost, tell me, uh, what do you, what did you mean by that type, that topic? So in the season I, I'm in, I'm in currently in a season of singleness. But one thing that I have been just watching and witnessing is other brothers and sisters in Christ in a season of singleness too and it's just been like in this season God has been having me take note of what I'm witnessing and, and what I'm seeing so I was even in a time of prayer because I was like Lord I hope I hope he told me like what the topic is because then I could just go off of that and then when you was like what do you want to talk about I was like oh my Lord I said I'm gonna have to go and pray about this <laughs> so I was in my time of prayer and I'm like okay Lord like what is it that you like what is it that I wish to talk about and then it just came like you can't move forward without knowing that you're stuck. Mm -hmm. And many times we have many times we can see people and even ourselves, we can go from a season of singleness and then end up in a relationship. But the relationship doesn't turn out the way we expected it. And we get back into that place of singleness. But we mm -hmm. have to ask ourselves, why is it that the relationship is the working? What did what didn't I do in my season of singleness that's causing me to not produce the fruits that I need to produce in order to move on? Yeah. That's that's deep. Uh, I know when, uh, for me, when I was single, uh, I know these listeners probably going to get tired of talking about me and my singleness, so I'll keep it short. When I was uh, in my sing season of singleness, um, I was being single. Like, you know, I'm not tied down to nobody. You're not about to tell me what to do. I was that friend that I was the only person in the friend group. That was single. In high school, um, I had my my boys, you know. They was in relationships, but around me, we all single. Like, I'm, I was the guy you didn't want your, your boyfriend hanging around because I was going to get them into some some single stuff. They was, But also, those types of friends was coming to me because they was, you know, they were just sneaky. Good thing none of them listen to this podcast because uh, <laughs> I think some still with a same person, but nonetheless, um, I just you know that was something that um, I enjoyed. I just enjoyed being single. You, I was like, I felt like relationships to me at that time was like kind of like another mother son type of relationship. Like, bro, you're not about to be telling me what I can and cannot do. I'm not about to be. Asking you, can I go here or go there? Like, I just, it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. It it really wasn't for me. But also, I had the opportunity to be in relationships. <coughs> be in relationships and stuff like that. And I was still single. And I took my singleness into relationships because that, that was something that I was comfortable doing and it didn't work out. And I had to ask myself, why are your relationships not working out? And it was because I was walking into a relationship trying to date and trying to um, come on one accord and connect with, with just one person and be with just one person. But I was still doing single types of things. And first of all, let's break it down. I believe that there's levels to relationships. You have your single relationship where you're single with just yourself and God then you have the dating aspect where you can, I feel like, date multiple people because you're trying to figure out, you know, who you want to talk to. Like, you just going on dates, exploring, adventuring. Then, to me, you have your exclusive dating where it's like you're, you've zeroed in on this person. Like, you want to be with that person and you want to see how far you can get with this person. Then, I believe, you know, the intimate relationship where it's not intimate as in sexually but like intimate as in girlfriend boyfriend and then you know from there on marriage and stuff like that so i was going into um exclusively dating not exclusively dating but just dating so a person had zeroed in on me and i'm i'm not gonna lie like i wasn't a little bit manipulative that person was zeroing on me. I knew that person had zeroed in on me. I knew that person wasn't talking to nobody else but me. I was still doing my thing. So I was taking my dating into that exclusive relationship 
all based around because a lot of times I just, it was hard for me to trust. It was hard for me to believe that somebody could um, want to be committed to me. And I uh, I would associate that with my daddy issues. Growing up, not having my father in my life, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful that I did have a father figure who was there every step of the way. Uh, my, my stepdad, which is really like my dad because he's been in my life since I was like one years old, um, he was in my life. My father, who birthed me, was not in my life. So I, I always had these commitment issues. Like it was, it was hard for me to commit because I just looked at a person. I didn't believe that you were going to be the one for me, but also I was immature. And just wanted to live life, wanted to venture off. It's nothing is wrong with that, but it had, it became a point in time where like I'm playing with somebody's life, and I'm not realizing that because I'm immature. I'm seeing it as having fun. So when I was, I say all that to say when I was trying to get out of my singleness and really, when I really was starting to date and be serious, date with purpose and not just date to have fun like I was doing. Um, I was really stuck in singleness because I didn't recognize all of the issues and the immaturity that I had. So here I am dating, but I'm going this constant cycle of one date, two dates, three dates, and then it just starts to fall off. Everything good, 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 <coughs> get to the mountain, starts to fall off. You know, I just kept going through that cycle and kept going through that cycle. And one, I had to realize that I was trying to commit to all the wrong people. But most importantly, too, I had to look in the mirror and examine myself and say, Tavon, well, why can't why why do you keep going up and down and starting over? And I had to realize that maybe it's just it's a me problem. And a lot of us we're afraid to admit that it's a it's a us problem. We always are so quick to blame the other people. We're always so quick to say that, oh, you did this and you did that. My therapist taught me that when you're having an argument or a debate, well, let's call it an argument, let's call it as it is. If you're having an argument with your significant other, the best thing to do is say, well, I feel like this is the way I feel. When you say this is the way I feel, instead of you made me feel like this, it comes off more in a way that it's not like you're attacking the other person, but you're trying to help the other person gain understanding. So, yeah, I just said a lot, sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's good. So I would say, for me, my whole perception of dating was all perverted at a young age because from a young age, though, I got, I got saved, I got filled with the Spirit when I was, 15 but when I really started getting into God that's when I started getting into the world as well so it was like I came out of my season of depression I'm like okay Lord like I, I'm into you but although God was calling me I was trying to go into the world as well so I feel like at the beginning I struggled with that whole identity thing mm -hmm. and I just I remember being young just like saying like okay like I need somebody to talk to because again I was young I was like in the eighth grade ninth grade and back then it was just like oh you know like it's middle school or high school so it's like girl best friend boy best friend and stuff like that so my goal was okay like I want somebody to talk to and one issue that I had with myself was I'm not by nature I'm a little bit shy and I'm timid and I'm laid back mm. so I would try to go out of my way to be seen which developed mm. the thing that I literally had to stop doing this year was being stuck in the presentation mode mm. so I'm gonna I'm not gonna focus on when I was younger but I'm gonna skip I'm gonna skip all the way hold on hold on I gotta I, I gotta stop you because you just you said something that's interesting I, I need you to touch on it being stuck in the presentation mode what did that look like so he who, he who finds a wife finds a good thing obtains favor from the Lord. And okay, Bible. <laughs> listen, just this year, God had to, not not this year, but last year, God had to give me revelation. He's like, you know, waiting to be found, it's like a game of hide and seek. And so many times, instead of, instead, listen, instead of us as females, us as women waiting for the man of God to come to us, we try to put on that position of going out and going to present our own selves. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm understanding. <laughs> so, 
I didn't, so my father passed away when I was 10 years old. So I didn't have like no male figure. Like I had my grandfather, but I didn't have like a, a man figure like middle age to like show me like how a man is supposed to treat me and how I'm supposed to present myself. Right. I got four other siblings. My mom is a single, it's a single parent household. So, you know, of course she was pouring into us, letting us know like, you know, don't just be doing anything for anybody. But I didn't have like that intimate relationship with a man to tell me like, this is what good looks like and this is what bad looks like. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna figure this out by myself. Mm. Again, at the time, I didn't realize like relationship was something that was from the father and communication with him was one of the things I didn't know like talking to God about like relationships was a thing like I'm just thinking like oh relationship that's something I'm supposed to figure out by myself so as I grew up I got in the habit of I need to look a certain way I need to be the one presenting my own self and it it caused perversion and it just caused hurt because now I'm cre I'm trying to create and put forth the image that's not pleasing unto God. So, and I should have <laughs> I should have gave you a fair warning. I think I need to like make a piece of paper and be like, all right, when you get on this podcast, hope you're ready to be vulnerable. Yeah. I <laughs> I, I should have did that because you the you the second person that we done got. 20 minutes like 10 to 15 minutes into it i'm like i i hope you know this is vulnerable um and i hope you can do that if not safe word is apple juice something <laughs> orange something um you just said that your actions wasn't pleasing unto god what what was like what was the act what was the action if you don't mind so Snapchat was my sin in middle school and Snapchat was out. Snapchat was out. How long Snapchat been out? I don't know how long Snapchat been out, but when I was like in middle school, so no, it first started with Facebook. Remember, remind y'all, like I'm I'm young and I'm like okay, like I want to be out here, like I want to be. I wasn't even supposed to have a Facebook at the time, so I was definitely sneaking around. So I'm just like like I want to be out here. So like on Facebook, it started off with like just. Guys, it's <laughs> no, you. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, bro. This is this is really a safe space. I don't. This is only six episode in, and I don't say some wild stuff. You, you cool. So I didn't have no limit. I didn't have no cap. My thing was okay. My father passed away when I was young. I don't know what intimate relationship with a male looks like. So I was willing to take anything. And at the time, I realized what I wanted was attention. Mm. Like I wanted attention. Like I wanted attention from a male. I didn't want like I got three other brothers. I don't. I don't need another brother. Like I wanted attention from a man. You didn't even have to be cute. You could be ugly. But if you telling me <laughs> if if you telling me I look good, if you're pouring into me, then I'm just gonna receive it. I don't even gotta look at your face but the words matter to me so just being young not not even supposed to be on social media but my mom wasn't really on social media so I was out there so and I have this thing where it's like I, I like people like men older than me not like too crazy but I didn't like people like my own age because I was <coughs> mature so I just felt like everybody like my age even though I was in eighth grade I just felt like I was mature right. I just didn't like the, the, the guys my age so it started all on Facebook where I would just have like just men and guys just liking like my Facebook and stuff like that and just hitting me up and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, like this is cool. And that really created the door and opened up the door for inconsistency, number one, mm -hmm. and for a sin of lying to come in and a sin of perversion. Because again, I'm young, but I never looked my age. So I always looked older. So now I'm like, I'm lying about my age, telling, telling them I'm older than what I really am. And in a sense manipulating these guys to thinking like oh this is about to be something when i'm talking to one dude one way but the same thing i'm telling him i'm telling telling like other dudes and stuff like that so then it created a cycle of now i have to remember what i said it because it was like different conversations going on and it was just a hot mess so so you was a player i really was oh, okay i really was i just wanted to see. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I was. it's hard to remember what you're saying when you're talking to a lot of people at one time. I, it, I, I've been in those shoes. I was, <laughs> and I get, I got caught up. I got caught up for that real bad. It was, um, <laughs> it was after break. 
and I remember I had logged off of social media and I came back and I got on my Facebook and I was in a relationship with one guy. He wanted to make it public because back then, I mean, even then, you know, you can make your status on Facebook. And I was, I was like, I was like, oh no, like, let's not do that. And he was like, why? Like, we should do it. And I was like, no, let's not do that. And the thing about me, I had different guys from different states. Like, I wasn't doing that one Akron thing. Like, I had no. one in Wisconsin, one in Alabama, one in Akron. It was a hot mess. So I remember I came back from winter break and I decided to log on my Facebook and stuff like that. And one of the dudes I was in a relationship, he ended up making public, he made it public. So then the other two guys that I was talking to commented under the thing and then it was just a hot mess. Everybody was like, oh, you, you messy. And I was like, dang, <laughs> it was, it was a hot mess. But from that, I learned like, okay, like if you're going to be sneaky, like do it where you can't do it where you're not too loud. So I still I didn't learn from that experience. I just was like, okay, let me take what I can learn from this and try to try to be better at sneaking and stuff like that. Do when you're not too loud. Mm. Spoken spoken like a Jew player. I'm listening. Praise <laughs> the Lord. So so it came off with Facebook. After that, I was like, okay, like I need a different platform. Like Facebook, that's too risky. So then that's where Snapchat came in. Snapchat. Snapchat was Snapchat. So with Snapchat, it was more of, you know, people can, people can, you know, like your thing, they can slide up. And with Snapchat, I think by then, I was getting, I was mature, getting more mature into God where I realized like, okay, some stuff is acceptable, some stuff is not. You can't just be talking to anybody any type of way. But I still had that need for attention. Right. So I'm like, God, I feel you calling me, but I, I still want attention. Like I, That was one area that I did not bring to God was that attention thing. And I kept wondering why I would start talking to somebody, thinking like, oh, this is about to be, this is about to be a thing. And then I get that, at the time I didn't know it was conviction, but I get that feeling like this ain't going to work. But I'm just like, no, I'm just, he could be, he could be the one. Like he could be the one. So, you know, talking to guys on Snapchat, Jesus, which, you got something to say? No, 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 oh. no. Talking, you know, talking to guys on Snapchat really, that's where the sin came out. Mm. And it ended up too, you know, we just talking. And then, like, I was never the type because, again, I was still young. So I wasn't the type to really want to, like, meet up. And this, these guys was, like, the same age. So I didn't really have an issue with that. But it just got to the point where I was vulnerable and at the point where I'm like, even though you're not treating me right, like, we can make this work. Like, I just became oblivious to the red flags. And it's not that I even came oblivious, but it was like I seen them. But because I want this attention, because I want to feel some type of relationship and some type of intimacy with a male figure, I'm just going to look past these red flags mm. and I'm just going to let it be so. Like, I'm a voice to you that I'm feeling some type of way and that what you said hurting me. But if you don't feel the need to correct that, it's okay. Because maybe mm. I'm the one tripping. Maybe I'm overreacting. So mm. in that season, it was really of a, okay, like, this is hurting you. But you're so in a place where you desperately want attention that you're willing to be hurt and cover up what hurts, cover, covering up what hurts you instead of moving on. So it was like I was so weak, but that need and that attention was so strong that I was willing to, in a sense, get mentally abused. And I was just willing to take it, even though I wasn't, even though it wasn't conducive, producing any fruits, I was just willing to just be like, okay. Like, you can have your way. I'm going to suck it up. I'm not really going to tell you that it's irritating me because I don't want you to feel like it's you, like it's it's me. So. You don't? If you got some more, go ahead. Because, I mean, like, really, this is good. And you, you hit on a, a, a lot pertaining to fathers. You know, when we lack a parental... Um, when we lack that parent to guide, when we lack that parent to guide us, or having that parent around, it's so easy for us to try and to go find it in somebody else. And the thing with me was, in a sense, out of ignorance, I built those relationships and set standards because I felt as if whoever I was talking to, I felt as if you owe me this because I didn't grow up without a father. I felt as if if I'm talking to you, you should owe me that support. You should owe me that that love of a father, not realizing that I was trying to fill in a void that couldn't even be uh, couldn't be filled. And I watched this sermon by uh, Pastor Michael Todd. And he said he said fabricated expectations plus failed reality equals feelings of frustration. 
and I would get frustrated because I put expectations that I didn't even voice out to them in my head going into these situationships. They wasn't relationships because I never really made, I never committed. But when I was just talking, when I was just talking to him in my head, I'm like, okay, I expect them to do this. Wasn't consulting God. It was a conversation between Tanea and Tanea. I expect them to treat me like this. I expect them to communicate like this. I expect them to give me all the attention in the world. Like if they're not doing it, I expect that attention to be brought to me. And in a sense, I would get frustrated because when I didn't, number one, I didn't voice those expectations. So I'm expecting them to meet an expectation that I didn't even voice out to them. And then when they didn't meet that expectation, I would get frustrated as if it was their issue, but I'm putting my father issues onto them. These is little old little old boys, and I'm but I'm expecting them to fill in a void that was created because I didn't have my father. So then I got to a point where I'm like, okay, like I don't even like I don't even want this. It got to the point where the desire to just talk to people was gone. That's when I started really getting, really getting into God more. Mm. But then it was like a year after I got into God, I was like, okay, like I'm ready again. And the way I went in was I still wasn't talking to the people that was producing good fruits. I still wasn't talking to people that was good for me, but I had the mentality of, oh, I can change you. I can get you to God. And that right there was the thing that hurted me because at the time I didn't even know about, you know, being unequally yoked. I'm just thinking if I got God in me, I'm about to change him. Like he about to, he about to come to church. And it, that situation lasted three and a half years. And, and just within those three and a half years, God would say, this ain't gonna work. And I'm like, no, it's gonna work. And because, oh my gosh, because I seen signs of growth, because he would ask me, oh, you can you pray for me? I'm thinking like, oh, this is the one. Like, this is the one. And because I really, I really wasn't consulting God. You no, know, see what I was doing? I was consulting God, but I already had my answer. Oh. I already had the answer that I wanted him to say. So before I even opened up my mouth and said, God, is this the one? I'm over here like, oh, this the one. This the one. And whenever I would get an inkling like, this ain't the one, Father, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. And just cut the prayer off real quick. All right, so. Whoo. I feel like I'm in a in the car going zero to from zero to a hundred. Slow down. All right, let's let's um that was a lot. And that was a that was a lot of a lot of good oil. So first of all you said you were setting set standards. Mm-hmm. Meaning that you already went into the relationship with your mind made up. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, and I'm a witness of this. If you want your relationship to fail, go into there with set standards. If you want your relationship to only last the honeymoon stage when everything is glamorous and golden, all their flaws don't irritate you. You know they breath stink, but you looking all past all of that. If you want your relationship to fail, go in there with set standards. Because the moment you don't see standard one, you get attitude. The moment you don't see standard two, you get frustrated. And the moment you don't see standard three, you say, I'm out of here. If you want it to fail, set standards. That And that's probably just my my own opinion. But anytime I've set standards with a person that I ain't even had a conversation about what they want and what their goal is and what they're looking for and what's their expectation, if I already went in there with the standards that this is what I need from you without giving you a chance to tell me your standards and your expectation, then coming together and saying, hey, this is our expectations, Mm -hmm. the relationship is already filled. Why? Because a relationship is never one-sided, it's two-sided. We both have to put the work in. We both have to be willing to understand and have the capacity to grow with one another. But if we do not do this on one accord, because the Bible says the two become one. If we do not do this on one accord, but it's always my way or it's always your way, the relationship will fail. If you want your relationship to fail, set the standards without consulting the person. Mm Mm-hmm. Set them without consulting the person. That's number one. That 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 that's that. But you also talked about 
trying to change somebody. And I thought I was the only one. <laughs> I thought I was the only one that, oh, that's fine. You know, she, she don't got to believe God right now. I, I got this. I got this anointed on me that I can just, I can just talk to somebody about Jesus, and, and they'll come into understanding. That I thought I was the only one that 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 would do that, because that's what I seen when I'm talking to non-believers, with people that trying to find a relationship with God. They tell me I inspired them. You inspired me to get closer to God. Older people telling me this. You inspired me to get closer to God, man. I wish I was like that at your age, this and that. You, you I want to get closer to God because I see the fire that you have. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, shoot, I can just take that wherever I go. All I needed, all I needed to hear from the from the girl that I'm that I'm texting is that I want to grow my relationship with God. And I'll be like, bet. That's all I needed, Jesus. That's all I needed. Not knowing that. I'm also on the other side believing that God is saying my my wife is not just gonna be a regular first lady, but she's gonna be also the first lady that can preach and stuff. So she's she gonna be like y'all gonna be like a power couple. I'm I'm forgetting all about that. I'm I'm like, hey, she said she want to get a close relationship with you, Jesus. I can help her out. And God is in heaven, like, oh, this my boy. <laughs> and I'm reading this book, Relationship Intelligence. And the categorize each category. So I was talking to people who were assignments trying to romantically connect with them. And mm-hmm. here's the problem. Because I was talking to people who lacked a relationship with God, it was easier for me to fall into sin and not think nothing about it. Mm-hmm. They don't know. I know... But I'm also weak in the knees. So if I'm dating somebody that don't know and they doing whatever they want and I'm weak in the knees to this sin, to this temptation, mm-hmm. it's going to be easier for me to fall. I need somebody who's been there, done that, who's stronger than me in the faith and in the area that I'm weak in so it can help me better my relationship with God. Because the whole thing about a relationship is that y'all are supposed to come into connection and help each other mentally and spiritually you should want something like that Mm -hmm. so i'm walking into relationships dealing with people who do not have the capacity to strengthen me spiritually even though i had the capacity to strengthen them spiritually right and i was always wondering why i was drained because i'm trying to play savior Mm -hmm. to to people who i had no business playing savior too and first and foremost I can't play savior to nobody because I need to be saved daily. Mm -hmm. And there's only one person that can save us. And that name is Jesus. The moment you start trying to do Jesus job, it's the moment where it gets difficult. Right. That's good. And I feel like one thing is that I believe, well, I know for, okay, help me Holy Spirit. So, we get we begin to talk to people we get in relationships yeah and as we don't take the time to to remember what god spoke over us like god can reveal revelation to us god can tell us some things and we like for relationships like we know mm-hmm. who we are so we know in a sense what anointing what vessel we should be coming into agreement with and in that stage it's like okay like we're in the honeymoon stage like oh this is the one and stuff like that and in a sense it's like we forget everything that god told us about mm. so god you told me i was going to be a ministry god you told me i was going to be able to, to you know set people free and set the captives free you told me like i was going to have a platform i was going to have a helper that was going to be able to carry my anointing and we start talking to people and it's like everything that god told us we just forget about it and I feel like if we would go into relationships, not go into relationships, if we would have that as a reminder of what God said, we would know what we're looking for. Ooh, so you told me, Father God, I was going to be a pastor of a church or, you know, whatever. You told me I was going to be able to preach, but this they can't even pray. So how is that? How is that? not coming off to you as, okay, maybe this ain't the one. Like, they should be able to match your anointing. And one thing I don't believe is that I know some situations, but 
again, we, we, when it comes to whoever God has for us, we, we're not going to have to play Savior. We're not going to have to put, pick them up from the ground and get them all together. It's going to be some areas that God graces us to minister to, but we're not going to have to. This, it's not, we, we're not rocking the cradle. We're not going to have to bring this person up. And we have to even understand this. Even when it comes to, oh, help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. So we think about being equally yoked, mm -hmm. and it's so easy to say, oh, well, they go to church. Like, like that's good. Like, they go to church. But you have to look at it outside of the personal life. Like, yes, they go to church, but church is only once a week. What's happening outside of church? Outside of the church, can they pray? Outside of the church, do they have a relationship with God well, outside of church? Come on. And I feel like we get so stuck in that. Oh, this is going to be beautiful. We're going to go to church, and it's just going to be beautiful. But we forget that ministry takes place outside of the four walls of church. So, yes, they can operate in church, but what's happening outside of church? Are they building up my kingdom outside of church? Yes, y'all in church, and this is going good. But can y'all do the same thing that y'all do in church outside? Yeah. Outside of church, can, can she pour into you? Can he pour into you? Yeah. So I feel like we have to come, we have to let go of that. Oh, well, I found him in church. I found her in church. So it, it was meant for God. And we have to stop downplaying ourselves and what we know. It's so easy to talk to somebody, but because we're so attracted to that person, or because we just so head over heels, we know, in a sense, it's like we know like this, like we know more is required of me. Like God has put some oil in me. God has anointed me. He has called me to the nations. He, he told me some things, and this is not matching God what you told me. And it's so easy to, in a sense, downplay and just pray like the situation, the situation is going to get different or God is going to, you know, do a sign, miracle, and wonder. Yeah, so um, I said this at uh, one of our city blazers meetings. Um, a lot of people have fallen in love with going to church mm -hmm. over loving God. A lot of us, we fall in love with going to church and we forgot that we are the church. Yeah. That when we leave the four walls, that we still have an obligation to walk out our relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. it's, it's easy to do that on Sunday. You wake up, you listen to your worship music or praise music, <coughs> whichever one. You're getting ready for church. You put on your, your best outfit because you want to go styling and, and looking good. Put your makeup on, all of that. You know, you listen. This is the only time this week you don't listen to church music in your car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you get to church. You enjoy praise and worship, Mike. I have a praise break. So first time praying, praise breaking all week. You hear the preach word. The preach word sounds good, and you you leave high, like mm -hmm. you're spiritually high. What happens when? Because the Bible says that that you're going to hear a word, and three different soils are going to come. Yep, come the, on. The, the, the Bible talks about. Uh, the heart there's three different hearts and but he he uses soils to describe the heart there's three different soils one of them is uh rocky the other one is good soil and the other one the weeds grew up with it three types of hearts are receiving the word of god the other one one of them it comes quick fast and in a hurry the enemy comes to snatch it quickly it's like the seed just bounced right off the concrete didn't even get a chance. The other one, the weeds grow up with it. And then the other one is good soil. Meaning that when trials and tribulations comes, because you have planted on good soil, even though it got to Saturday, you're still good. You're still, three months later, believing that word that was spoken three months ago, mm -hmm. you're still good. But a lot of us, we don't have that type of soil in our hearts. A lot of times, we have that type of soil that is only momentarily mm -hmm. not and and we don't realize it's all because we don't truly love God. We just love checking off the list. I went to church today. Mm -hmm. And that's where watch this. 
the kingdom relationships, then that's why the kingdom relationships are not working. Mm -hmm. Because of the soil of our heart. If you have at least, if one of y'all are at least have good soil in your heart, no, you can't be a savior to somebody. Mm -hmm. But your significant other should be pushing you to be the best version of yourself. And sometimes, like I said before, because I was talking to people like, yeah, it wasn't always, you know, it wasn't always there. So even though I, I'm called to be a leader and stuff like this, it's, e it's sometimes it's easy for the leader to get caught up in following mm -hmm. when he sees somebody else does it. But if I just had that, all I needed was that person that, yes, they love going to church, but they also was in tune with God enough to, so I, I was able to look at them and say, dang, they, they're pushing me to go even deeper and go even further in my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. But it's all about the soil of the heart. Right. And this is the thing, too. So you, you mentioned about how, like, you know, growing up, you know, people would say, like, you really encourage me and stuff like that. And, like, that's your gift to encourage. So here's the thing. When we get, like, a word from God, like, just growing up and we get a word from God, oh, your words, your words is going to draw people to the kingdom. You're called to preaching. You're called, like, you you have this thing, you have this gift where you can, you can say, you can call people into, the, like, the house of God. What we start doing is we start, when we get to that phase where it's like we're looking for somebody, we yeah. start doing this thing where we, in a sense, we, we, once we get into contact with them, we start using our gifts. Mm -hmm. And we, we remember like, oh, well, I remember they said my words was, my words was going to, you know, touch their hearts. And I remember that they said, I'm called to encourage. And what we do is we begin to, not saying that using your gift is wrong, mm -hmm. but we begin to try to build up something that we're not supposed to, in a sense, build up. So then we start getting tired and we start, that allows the enemy to come in because now, well, Father, I thought I was anointed for this. I thought, mm -hmm. I thought my words had power. And why is it that every time I'm praying i don't see no change you're using your gift you're using your gift like on the wrong soil because this is a thing if you would come into contact with somebody who already has a relationship with god this is a thing it's not it's, it's nothing new like when you come in and you pray for them it, that's not nothing new like they should have expectation and we was talking about standards there's a difference between going into a relationship with a standard and going into a relationship with expectation i believe that we can go into a relationship with expectations based off of what god has told us so if god says this person is going to push you this person is going to be you up okay i expect you to do the things that god told me to do and if i'm not seeing that fruit being produced if i know that you're the one for a fact then we're gonna have to have a time where hey accountability is going on but so many times we're so quick to use our gift and even that can become manipulation because even with even with the person like i was with I'm like, okay, God, they not really showing no fruit. They wasn't even in the church. But I just got this whole mindset of, oh, I can change them. Like, he's going to be a pastor. Like, I got this. Like, God put it on me. I can bear it. Not for forgetting that as a man, he's supposed to be the head. Why am I leading you to Christ? Why Not that that's a bad thing, but why am I taking on your job? And I'm like, okay, this is going to work. So what am I doing? It turned into condemnation because oh you didn't pray today oh you didn't you didn't read your word today well come on what, what are you doing and it's so easy to get into the trap of thinking our gifts is supposed to be used for the person when it's, it's supposed to help them it's not going to necessarily build them up from the ground up because there are they will already be they will already be like in their nightmare they will already be who they are when it mm. comes to this person, we shouldn't be putting new clothes on them. We should just be making adjustments. Hey, like, I was praying for you, and I seen this on you and stuff like that. Like, it's not nothing new. We shouldn't be coming in, like, just trying to build them up. It should be changed. Yeah. That, that's good. I, I, I like that. Your significant other should always change you, and they should always change you for the better. If your significant other is um, changing you for the worse, might want to rethink that so um enough with the significant others because we said we talk about singing this but uh what was i, I was ask something what does singleness look like to you right now mm -hmm. singleness looks like to me right now being honest with god about frustration 
Um, it's funny that not funny, but it's not a coincidence that you just asked that. Cause last week I was talking to my spiritual mother, and I was, she was like, "So how do you feel? Like, what does your singleness look like now?" And I'm like, "It's it's good. Like I'm being honest." And she was like, "But I hear frustration." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm frustrated too." And she was like, "It's okay to tell God that you're frustrated." So before I got into my season of singleness. I used to be like, why Why all the saints talking about it's so hard being single? I'm like, God, this is nothing. So I've been single for two years, two and a half years. And once I hit like that second year, I'm like, oh, this is, this is, this is ghetto. Like, God, <laughs> I'm tired of this. And I got in the habit of allowing the enemy to tell me, you serve a good guy. He woke you up. He provided for you. So you can't, it would be wrong for you to tell him that you're frustrated over a season of singleness. But after I got past that, I had to understand like, okay, yes, I'm super spirit but I still have this flesh and I'm I'm now at the point where I'm like God I'm frustrated because what you told me is not looking nothing like you told me so singleness right now is being honest with God and whenever a seed of doubt and discouragement is planted my job is to hurry up and bring it to the father because I used to have an issue with letting letting discouragement letting doubt letting confusion just permeate my place instead of bringing that to God so now my season of singleness is like holding myself accountable mm -hmm. with okay you told me this and this ain't looking like this so now this is how I'm feeling but it's looking I'm I'm content I'm content with where I'm at but I'm holding myself accountable to if God gives me a word then I need to believe that word and not allow the enemy to come in with frustration or discouragement did you ever um try to avoid your singleness like how what did that look like so me trying to avoid my season of singleness wasn't it was a subtle type of thing so it wasn't it was god i know what you told me so i'm not about to jump into a relationship but i'm not about to be single single so my there it is so my thing was i'm gonna obey you but i'm not about to be fully single so what i'm going to do is i'm going to make friends but i'm making known that this is nothing more than a relationship when i in reality me doing that I wasn't single no more because God had to reveal to me that when I was talking to, you know, male friends and stuff like that, emotionally, I would get attached and I would create this false reality of we can do things like boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, you know, we can come over, and watch movies, go out to eat, but we're not putting no title on it. Absolutely so not. when God says something, when God, you know, said I, I can go to God like that ain't my boyfriend. God, we just we just we just friends but god looks at the inner appearance like god looks at the inward he looks at the heart so although i was single i was trying to emotionally i was cheating with my season of singleness because i'm just supposed to be single it's supposed to be me and god but i'm like okay if i can't have a a relationship with a title what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna be able to talk to male friends and but emotionally i'm gonna get attached emotionally i'm gonna feel as if they need to respond to me because emotionally like I wouldn't be your girlfriend, but I can't be your girlfriend because I know what God said, and you don't know what God said, so you can't hold me accountable. I can only hold myself accountable. But right now, I'm cheating on my season of singleness, so I'm going to act like it's okay and what we're doing is okay. Isn't it funny how we lie to ourselves? Like, <laughs> straight up lying to ourselves. Like, we just just lie. We we know us. We know how we know our limits. We know how far we can go. We know what makes us mad. We know what makes us happy. We know what makes us frown and cry. And but yet we still find a way to lie to ourselves. And this is the thing. I used to. I I would pray. I said, God, just send me a male companion. I promise. And I had to learn how to stop making promises to God because He used to get on me about that because I would break them. And I used to be like, God, I promise, I am not going to be attached. Like, send me. And I used to pray for a brother in Christ. And I had to be honest with myself. I said, God, don't do that. I said, you you can't you can't send me no intimate brother in Christ because I will fall for it, God. And then I start I start switching. So I said, don't do that, Lord. I said, you can send me you can send me somebody that's not necessarily in the world, but just send me somebody on a little bit in the middle ground. And I said, I'm not gonna get attached. I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna catch feelings for them. And without me even realizing what I was doing in that moment, I was already confessing to God what was gonna happen without just trying to be ignorant. But I'm like, God, just just go ahead and do it. Like just just bless me. So. I wouldn't say he blessed me, but the opportunity presented itself. And then what happened? God, is this the one? God, I know I know what you said, but God, is this the one? Like, God, I just, I feel it. God, I'm mature now. And I, like, God, is this the one? 
And now I'm taking what God and told me and I'm seeing what's going on. But I'm like, oh, no, like, Lord, we can kind of we can we can manipulate this and we, we can make this work. And God's like, but you said and I'm like, God, I know what I said. But look, <laughs> and now I'm trying to come up with excuses on why this can be it. God, he don't go to church, but he, he can go to church. And it's like, what did I tell you? And God will remind, will, will, would remind me of his word. Now I got an attitude mm-hmm. because I'm, now I got to go back into my prayer time and be honest with myself. Yeah, this ain't going to work. Mm. Don't manipulate your singleness. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Do not manipulate your singleness. And this is here. This Here's why. Um, this is all from personal experience. The first and foremost reason is because you will manipulate others. You will bring others down right with you. Mm-hmm. Number two, you're supposed to be growing. Mm-hmm. But if you're bringing others down, guess what? You're bringing yourself down. And all you're doing is digging a hole, thinking you're making it somewhere, but then going back and taking that same dirt and covering it up. Mm-hmm. So you're just can. You're just doing this. I'm digging it, putting the dirt back on, digging it. You're making absolutely no progress. That's number two. No progress at all. Right. Number three, You, if you manipulate your, single, your season of singleness, you now have opened the door of opportunity to ruin your future relationship mm-hmm. how do you know that table hey <laughs> that's all i can say hey how do you know that i've done that i've done that mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've 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 done that been there done that like i remember just girl left guy was like all right let's be single i was like i was like all right um all right, I, and I was confident. Like, all right, I'm gonna be single because I know this girl is gonna come back. Let me say that again. I'm gonna be single because I know this girl is gonna come back a year from now. Guess what happened in a year? They ain't come back. But guess what was all also happening while they was gone? I wasn't single. Hey, granted, if you you ask me, if you sing, I'm like, yeah. I wasn't, you know, come on. Let's be honest. Like, being single, sometimes you get lonely. Mm-hmm. You get lonely. You invite somebody over. You might go on a date. But you get lonely. And you open the door of opportunity for stuff that you should not be doing. Let me, let me not say you. I was opening the door. Because I don't want nobody to listen to this and they feel convicted. You know, that that's, that's not what I'm trying to do no, here. supposed to feel convicted. <laughs> that's not what I'm trying But I was opening the door of opportunity by letting people in mm-hmm. for stuff to happen. They come back. We don't be together. Now I'm frustrated. Now I'm like, okay. No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a God face like you said this and that and blah, 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 this. God looking at me like, you ain't even do what I asked you to do. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be mad at me. You ain't even do your part. Right. And also, I never told you what you was expecting. Mm-hmm. You came up with that expectation. Mm, my God, my God. I, I didn't tell you that. I didn't, I, I just told you to be single. I didn't give you all the details. Mm-hmm. I, all I said was, like I told Abraham, hey, leave your family. <laughs> right. Leave this land. Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, he got angry. He's like, listen, God, I came all the way out here and, and I'm, I'm walking with you and stuff. I just asked for all I want. You said you was going to make me a great nation. That means that you was going to give me a son. I, I still ain't seen my son. You, I was supposed to be single. Like, come on. I just told you to be single. That's all I told you. So I go ahead and frustrated. Then it's like, you know what? I'm going to actually be single. Then I started to enjoy my singleness. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm enjoying this. 
I don't I don't gotta worry about a girl getting on my nerves because people if you know me I'm I'm like the most easily annoyed person I'll be working on it like people don't make me that annoyed no more but you know still a work in progress and I'm just like oh, I don't got time for this so I don't gotta I'm I'm at peace like ain't nobody interrupting me I don't you know I don't gotta worry about being in somebody present that I just know I don't want to be with and I'm enjoying it now I'm enjoying it now. Since I'm enjoying it, we about to see how much you enjoying it. <laughs> All right, now girls is coming out the blue, left and right. And I'm like, whoa, hold on, <laughs> hold on. You know, I'm I'm enjoying it, but I'm also opening the door mm-hmm. when they knock. Mm-hmm. What you coming from? You know, why mm-hmm. you why you walking in my life? So now I'm um, once again I'm single, but now you know I'm. I'm back to I'm like okay God I I've been single for enough let's start dating single and curious single and curious so now I'm I'm, cu- I'm curious I'm dating no no this don't work I'm wasting money on this girl on this date when I could have just Facetimed her and realized that that wasn't <laughs> <laughs> that we ain't even need to do that so now I'm curious and I'm dating and then after that I'm back to just being like you know what, I'm just gonna be single. And then I got curious and started dating again. Then I'm back to being single. Cycles. Then I got curious and started dating again. Now I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm just God. I'm just I'm at this point. I'm just like I'm just single. And it was the moment where I finally accepted the opportunity to be single. No, no, yeah, it was the moment where I accepted the opportunity to be single. And then it was also the moment where I started being serious. About the man that I wanted to be and mature, mm-hmm. that's when the opportunity came for the me to get the promise that God had spoke to me back in 2018. But it it is it, singleness is it's a process in its own. You're not gonna always like a lot of people. Some people like I've been single for six years. I haven't talked to nobody. Congratulations. I, uh, I wish I could have did that, you know. Me, I was single. I was in and out of it. Sometimes I was single and single and curious. But it was only when I got, like, I was got serious. And I actually got serious in my single and curious stage. Mm-hmm. Like, that's when I, I got serious. And it was because I was single and I wasn't, I stopped running from my singleness like that when i when i say that time where i was like i was enjoying being single when i was enjoying being single i was learning a lot about me i was removing a lot of baggage that i had in my life and i was learning the type of person that i wanted to be i was analyzing all these situationships that i was in what i liked about that one what i what i didn't like about that one where i went wrong there where i went wrong there what I gotta do here, what I got, what I like, I was just grabbing stuff from everything, boom, 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 grabbing it, writing it down, making notes, putting that data in my head. And I began to see the Tavon that God wants me to be. So when I started to see that Tavon and to ask God to mold me to be that Tavon, mm-hmm. that's when God was like, okay. Okay, I'm going to give you credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. Even though you wasn't always single. <laughs> like you should have been. I'm going to sell you. I'm, 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 thank you, God. Amen. I can say that right now. Thank you, God, for giving me credit where credit is due. That you wasn't always single. Sometimes you were single or curious. But even God allowed me to be single or curious. Because when I was curious, watch this. When I was curious, I knew what God had for me. And when I was in my curious stage, when I noticed that this person was not it for me, instead of being manipulative and riding it out and then letting it fall off, I was quicker to say, you know what, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. I can't, can't do it. That's good. I feel like we, we tend to mess up when God says, okay, time to be single. And instead of us just being there, we get stuck in being here. Mm. So God just tells us, okay, be single. 
then we we get to the point where it's like, okay, we start bringing everything to God. Instead of just taking that first step and being single, okay, God, I know this is what I, I want my next relationship to look like. And then we start praying, and because we start praying, we pray with our feelings instead of praying, like, really, like, just discerning, like, just discerning God and really looking at life and really saying, like, okay, this is what I need to do and this is what I not need to do. We, we involve our feelings in it. And then that's when it, that's when the door can come in the open the open door, of oh I feel like God is saying this or I heard God say this yeah and because it happened at the beginning of our season of singleness we go through the whole season of our singleness off of that one time where we prayed where that desire to be in a relationship was strong but it was it was tainted because it wasn't God gives us instructions He say be single okay I just got a relationship so I still have this desire to be in a relationship so I'm gonna involve those feelings of wanting to be in a relationship instead of just fully taking that instruction to be single now we didn't pray and now we just feel like God is saying I just feel like next year is gonna be the year mm. and we go the whole time of the singleness with the false expectation, with the false word, and we see signs like, oh God, okay, God, this is the one, like this is the one. And we because that because those feelings was just fresh, we only prayed about it one time. And when we go throughout the whole thing, it's like, okay, but God, I thought you said this. And it sometimes hurt because then God sits you down. And he said, but did I really say that? Mm. But God, I remember it was like this and it was like this. But God even had to do deal with me where he was like, sit down. And he took me back. He said, where was you at emotionally? So what, do you see what I saw? And he's like, sit down. Where was your feelings at? Where did that prayer derive from? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you're right. And, and, it, and it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to be able to sit down and say, God, I was wrong. Mm. Like, I thought you said this, but I was wrong. But I love how sovereign God is because God will allow us to go through a season of believing. And, he, and he's so sovereign that he know that's going to break our hearts. But he's sovereign enough to build it back up. Mm. It's all about a teaching stage. We have to go through that process of, Father God, you know, I thought you said this. And Father God, I, I really believe that this was you, but, you know, it was me. That just comes in where, nevertheless, not my will be done. But show will be done. So I think you just said something while saying it discerning God's voice mm -hmm. in your singleness. How was you able to do that? I was able to do that by putting my feelings aside and really being open enough to tell God, like, I'm, I'm willing and understanding, like, it's not my timing. And honestly, being open enough and vulnerable enough to notice that I got work. Yeah. So I know I need, I know I'm broken. So ain't no way he telling me my husband's going to come next week because that's not it. So it came like with discerning God's voice. It was, okay, look where you at now. And what God is saying is that, is that contradicting against his word? Like I had to really discern God's voice based off of the season I was in. Mm -hmm. And I have my times so I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, now is now. Like, this is a moment. This is the one. And I also had that time where, okay, I'm back in my prayer closet. God, this ain't it. God, I, I meant, like, I thought this was and it wasn't. So it, it's, 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 it's practice. It's like an up and it's a down thing. Mm. But once you get to the point where your desire is his desires, I had to learn how to pray, Father, give me the desires of your heart. Yeah. Because if you give me the desires of your heart, I know my desires will be your desires. Yeah. And I had to get to the point where... I was really open to receive whatever he wanted me to receive with no limitation, even if it didn't fit my picture, even if it wasn't what I wanted. I had to get to the point where I really laid down like my life in a sense, and I was really open enough to him, Father God, I don't know what I need for my life. Like You're the Father, you're the Creator, so you shake me and mold me, and I want whatever you want for me. I, I know I kind of just went off from discerning God's No, 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 you're good. But how I got there, but it got to the point where I was willing yeah. I had to be willing to let the father show me what he what he sees. Right. And I had to be okay with waiting. Patience is patience. They say patience is a virtue, but patience itself can be a trial and a tribulation and many things can many things can come along with that. So I had to get to the point where I'm like, okay, I want what you want for me and I had to be okay with waiting and sin for that. That's good. So we're going to start wrapping it up. Um but what I got from today, I'm going to let you tell me what you got, too, about singleness is that in our seasons of singleness, we need to be honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. We need to 
trust that where God has us right now, it's a place that we won't always be. Mm-hmm. But this is a place where we can grow at. But also, trust God's timing. And be willing to wait. And that is something that I know for myself I struggle with. I struggle with waiting. But I knew that in order for me, <coughs> sorry, to get to where God wanted, to, one, wanted me to be and where God had me going, I needed to learn patience. I needed to learn how to sit still in that this one space and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Not looking, like you said over there, but focusing here. Here is holy. Here is the place that God wants me to be. Yes, it's good. It's good for us to want our future. It's good for us to want to get there. But don't despise here. Don't don't get so focused on dessert that you forget to eat the meal that is right in front of you. Right. The promised lands looks good, but don't despise your wilderness, mm-hmm. which you want to leave us with. So I learned that cheating in your season of singleness can end up in you compromising yourself. Whew. And it can lead to opening up the door to unnecessary situations, unnecessary trials and tribulations, because disobedience is a sin, and that opens up the door to more trials and tribulations. Yeah. So... Cheating in your season of singleness can leave you compromised, and it can leave you with false hopes and expectations that didn't come from God. Mm, that's good. So, family, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Grabbing My Sword. Um, I don't know how long we're going to be talking about relationships, but we're going to be talking about this a couple more more weeks. Uh, I got a good friend. He's going to come on here next week. He's going to sit down, and we're going to talk about relationships from a different aspect to actually being committed to one more than singleness. But just want to say thank you again for uh, taking the time out of your day to come on here and to do this podcast with me. I am always open to bringing people back on. It's not a one-time thing, uh, but i just like to thank all my supporters, everybody who stops and listens to this podcast. Thank you, and I pray that this podcast will continue to inspire you. You know, before we leave, we got to pray. So let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, God, and Savior Jesus Christ, we want to just thank you and praise you, Lord, for this day. Whatever day it is that we are listening to this, Father God, we thank you for it. We thank you, Lord, for our cloudy days, and we even thank you for our sunny days. But Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we just say thank you. Thank you for being so good to us, and thank you for being so kind to us. I pray for that person that is in their season of singleness, that they do not despise the singleness, because it is in the midst of our singleness that, God, our relationship with you will grow like it has never grown before. Because we know that when we get in relationships, we have to spend more time with this person. We have to be dedicated to this person, and it gets in the way of us seeking and knowing you. So, Father God, let us not despise the singleness, but let us know that it's in our singleness where God is creating us to be the man or woman that he has called us to be. Father God, I pray that patience be on the heart and souls of every listener and every believer. Have you away, Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. I will see y'all next time on Grabbing My Sword. God bless you.